0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet.
1: You can't start a fire without a spark. This gun's for hire, even if we're just drafting in the dark. Yes, oh, it is that time again, it is a brand new season here on Saturday Draft Live on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. My name is David Hockney, and yes, you can break us down, but we'll be back again for a brand new season. New teams, new participants, and a whole lot of anarchy in this upcoming season from Survivor Series to the Royal Rumble. And I couldn't be here today without my glorious... Co-hosts. So we have the
2: second place of last season, the goat, David Campbell. David, I have not heard someone out of t- so out of tune since Truff sings. Um, but wow, I'm forward to, <laughs> to this show continuing here today—it's it's the draft. It's, it's the kickoff to the season. This yep. is where we make our predictions that'll that'll prove drastically wrong by the time we end. But we're going to get there. Let's have a good time. Yeah. We also have somebody who claimed to be a two-hit
1: wonder, although his place, his positioning last season, really didn't reflect that at all.
0: Given that he drafted from last place, it is Jack Graham. If anything, it did reflect my team name because I, I came like second last, so I just, I'm just like a two-hit wonder. But maybe, maybe, maybe not this season. Maybe not this season. But man, I'm I'm just tired and bored of myself, David. Mm-hmm. And lastly, we've got the guy who just got lost in the shuffle
3: somewhere in the middle, and mostly everybody just forgot about him. It's Scott McLeod. You better not forget about me, you dickhead. I've been here longer than on this show longer than you have. And, yeah, you
1: know, that, that is true. I'd rather, I'd,
3: rather, been... I'd, rather, I'd rather start a fire than listen to you try and sing again.
1: <laughs> hey, come on, <laughs> my singing is glorious. Although I think <laughs> I think the goat, I think the goat will probably have something to say about that. And I've heard Truff sings it is dog shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow. Anyway, we're throwing the barbs on Eddie. I know I'll be holding back <laughs> on your team today.
1: Then. Let's do it. Oh yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> now, obviously this is the kickoff for season 11, so there's no uh, weekly points to discuss as the point scoring will begin this coming Monday across Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite and Rampage. So today we're going to be breaking down the team selection and how we think everybody's going to fare in the season ahead. But if you want to catch the team selection process, you can check out the live draft selection on our YouTube channel, Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, uh, to find out who drafted in what order, who they selected, and what our team names are. But we'll find that out uh, here today. So if you don't want to listen now and watch the selection, turn off now. Okay, they're gone.
3: Right. So um, but if you want to catch... That tech head's gone. (laughs) (laughs) You need that guy coming and clicking on this podcast. They even watch the selection show. I don't you know if I even want them back? I know, it. right? Anyway, um, but yeah, you can catch the draft
1: selection amongst amongst all other great content on our YouTube channel. We've got the conspiracy theory. We've just released a new episode of Quiz Showdown last weekend where Sarah hosts Quiz Showdown 16. Oh my god, we're back again. Now there was another quiz showdown that came out before that, but you don't want to listen to that. It's a waste of
3: time. Um but yeah. No, I, no, you don't you don't have to listen to it. You should watch it. It's a visual thing. Uh, Dave, and you can visually watch the moment your heart breaks as you realise once again that you have lost to a better competitor. How do we mute
1: How
2: do we Scott's mic? Well, let's let's just we'll get to the analysis, you know, and then then we can hear uh, Scott talk about something other than your crushing defeat, Dave. I think I think it's the best <laughs> way to go.
1: All right. Um, well, you know what? Let's not waste any
2: time. Let's go into
1: the the team analysis here. So, and we're going to start things off with last season's winner. The, somebody who just secured his place at the champions table and he's been fighting for 10 seasons and he's won the biggest season of all became the new eat sleep suplex retweet champion and he ended up drafting from Retained last place. Title. you retain Ret- the title retain the title thank you uh it is ross mcleod and his new team is named team hi ho soho mm-hmm. now and the team selection for him is we have a returning tag team from last season, Jurassic Express. So he's sticking to, to what he knows. He also has for his single selections, Ruby Soho, Seth Rollins, Sheamus, Zaylee, Lee, and somebody who's just signed to All Elite Wrestling, Jay Lethal. So guys, I'm going to throw it out to you there now. Uh, I'll start with you, Scott. Um, what do you think are the standouts for Ross's team this s- season? And where do you think he may slip up?
3: Uh, well, I can't blame him for going back for Jurassic Express, especially you know given that they were instrumental in really helping him in the last two stages. and help extend his gap because they hadn't been doing much up until that point. But then a week beforehand, uh, full gear, they got that big win in the Falls Count anywhere match. So I can see why he would go back to them. I, I get why he would take Ruby Soho. You know he believes that she may be the uh, the favorite to win the TBS title. I'm wondering if he maybe should have chose our second rather than first because being in last place for us was the did have the benefit of the snake draft so he could have just chosen our second and it wouldn't have made a difference. It wasn't really going anywhere so I'm, I'm wondering if he should have maybe chose Hangman Page uh, first and then Ruby Soho. I mean I know you don't want an overly AEW heavy team but the fact that he got to the end of the, the first round of the, the draft and we started the second round and Hangman Page hadn't been picked yet I think was a a real mistake on a few people's uh, part, so I don't know why he didn't pick Hangman Page uh, Jay Lethal you know, like, I know he started off with a loss but I think then, well, that's what they do in ADO sometimes people come in, they might lose the first big match but then they build them back up again so yeah, I think Russ is hoping for regular appearances on, say, Dynamite or even Rampage One I'm not so sure about Ones I'm not so sure about is Xia Li and Seth Rollins because Xia uh, Lee, I know like this this season more of a sprint than a marathon you know because there's only nine weeks in this season so I don't know how how much longer they're going to do these vignettes and how long they're going to have to showcase Siley or if you'll even have that much of a feature in the Women's Royal Rumble and Seth Rollins you know I think he's just been set up to be uh, another you know successful defence for Big E so I don't know I even know he'll appear often when it comes to actual big matches I don't know if Seth Rollins will Garn him as many points as he would like. Okay, and goat. Now, obviously, yes. operating
1: the snake draft here, Ross got to make his first and second round choices back to back. Um, so he went with Ruby Ruby Soho first, and then Seth Rollins. So it doesn't really matter what order he chose them in because he was going to get both of them anyway. Um, but do you think the snake draft has benefited Ross here in the same way that it uh, that it did for Jack? Even though you know drafting from last
2: often means you're finishing the bottom half of the table. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's always tough to draft from last, but it's the burden that every champion must bear. You know what I mean? Everyone at this table has experienced that, you know, and you're really at the, the mercy of every other competitor. The benefit he did have was uh, the snake draft to try and get two in the one goal. And I think he did quite well. I get what Scott's saying about Seth Rollins and the big matches, but Seth Rollins has been picked for eight seasons in that draft, and his average score is about 59.4 a season. Now, that's a, that's a really strong total. And if you're moneyballing this shit, Seth Rollins is someone that you want in your team. And I do, the only, the only disagreement I have really with what Scott said is with Shia Lee. Because I get what he's saying about um the vignettes and how long they last, but for getting her in the fourth round, if she can come in, they're gonna want her to have a good debut on SmackDown or wherever. But if she's in the rumble, she could get a couple of eliminations for Ross, which would be good point. So it's probably better to take Jaile in that spot than than do what so many of us have done before and just panic and pick a Natalia, for example. You know what I mean? I actually <laughs> think he's had quite a good draft in that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Jack
1: we often talk about you know we want to have even distributions for, for teams across all the, the shows so that you really? can score do well, <laughs> you talk
2: about that you well I do at that. least yeah it's nonsense I've I've explained it time and time again how it's utter nonsense it doesn't matter what show they come from
1: okay okay but let's just put it into perspective here Jack um, Ross's uh, half of Ross's team has is on AEW programming now obviously they cover Dynamite and Rampage so there's at least two shows for them but with his other picks, Seth Rollins, Sheamus and Xia he also covers Raw and SmackDown. Do you think this is a, a good distribution of talent
0: given the the programming that's included in the scoring? I, I, I don't know what to say because I I, I I think just you go for whoever I get your points. I don't, I don't really care for like kind of where, where they are in the show, but to, I guess to answer your question and the perspective you're wanting, I guess covering all bases to try and get points as a, a good thing. And I, yeah... I, Sure, why not? I think that uh, if, I'm, if I'm going to pick someone I think we will do all right, I think Jurassic Express will be a good pick for him this season, especially they had the wee vignette, and Christian is like, oh, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help Jurassic Express become the next AEW Tag Team Champion. So I think that could be a good pick for him, and I think he's done all right from 15th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a few guys... Uh in decent programs. He's got Ruby Soho chasing
1: the TBS title. Seth Rollins is owed uh, a WWE title at some point, And Sheamus is still making waves on SmackDown with uh, with Ridge Holland by his side. Xia Lee set to debut. Jay Lethal, a bit of an unknown entity, which may be his low scorer this season. But there's nothing to say, you know, Ross can't pull off uh, another such strong performance as he's done in previous seasons. Now, we'll go up to the other end of the snake draft now. And Jack, we're going straight into your team here. So uh, you and the two hit wonders, you've got the Usos, Big E, Naomi, Malachi Black, Liv Morgan, and Brock Lesnar. So the floor is yours. Would you
0: please um, describe your thought process when picking this team? So, I didn't think that I'd be first. I would say that the that I'd said before that if I was if the opportunity came to, I was going to take New Day as my tag team. But obviously, as as fortune had, I was able to draft first. So that kind of quickly changed things. So Usos and Big E were always gonna be my, my, my number one picks so that was something that was always gonna happen. I wanted I wanted Jade Cargo. but we couldn't get Jade Cargo for round two. So I decided to go Naomi because of the programme she's in with Sonia Deville now and that seems it'll probably go to a head at some point at the rumble and I think she'll be quite a prominent feature of SmackDown at that point. I wanted someone from AEW and I I was like oh, I'll just take Malachi Black, why not? Well, Morgan, I feel that she'll be good for the Rumble. Obviously, she's in this programme with Becky Lynch. She's not going to win the title, but she's going to be on Raw every week to that point and then appear in the Rumble and might get a couple of eliminations. And uh, I said, I've said, i said for a while that if it got to round five and Brock Lesnar hadn't been drafted, I was going to take him because I think he's going to win the Rumble this season. Obviously, it's too too much of a risk to take him in anywhere above round five. And especially with what happened last night, he's going to appear on SmackDown next week. I, I feel quite happy. I feel quite happy. Yeah,
1: now, Scott, I think it's safe to say Jack is in a very dangerous position uh, for the rest of the other challenges because he's a two-time winner, he drafted first, he got the highest scoring tag team last season and he got the highest scoring singles performer last season as well. Would you say Jack is in a very strong position to become the first three-time winner?
3: I would say so, just on the usual and biggie alone, because we've seen in past seasons that, you know, being the first to pick actually doesn't guarantee success. I don't think. Uh, if you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think anybody who's picked from first has actually won yet. No, which is which is bizarre. It's like it's like how it took twenty years for someone to actually win from number thirty, despite them always saying that was the best number. Uh, but yeah, being the Uso's and Big like if you're in number one position, then you'd be an idiot not to take them. And so that took full advantage of that. Naomi and Liv Morgan, I can see where you're coming from because you know when you look at the main roster and how many people have been let go and uh, if you want strong your team representing the ones Rumble then you could do worse than those two. Uh, Brock yeah. Lesnar may only have a few appearances, but I think he's gonna do better than what he did for Ryan Doug loose because, you know, he appeared after SummerSlam, big gap, back at Ground Jewel, lost, was away again. But I think given the shorter season uh he might do better for Jack this time around. Malachi Black's the only one that's really hard to predict because you never quite know what he what they're doing with him. He doesn't appear too often and eh, no offense to your draft strategy, there, Jack, but you're saying like you want eat out, and you're like, oh, I'll just take him. I think when you're drafting him first you need to do better than just saying, I'll oh, I'll just take him. then I think when you come in for first, I think you need to you know I'm not he's the one I'm not sure so sure about. I think well to argue that Scott, because I don't like what you just said
0: there. I think with a thirteen-person draft and a snake draft, I was drafted last from a wait. So you were you that, drew no, you, yeah I had, I you had drafted Naomi, last your second round yeah yeah Malachi. But I think there's quite a lot of gap between who I could get from that point, I and mean, when you look at who's kind of went before that, a lot of big names for potentially who I who I might have wanted before that was was gone. So. I think also, I I don't mind the criticism of saying Malachi back's a bad bad pick, but I think to, to say to, to rethink that there's my strategy of I'll just pick an AEW pick, I'm uh, I, I don't like that comment. I'll,
3: I'll I'll say that. I'm just I'm just saying I do think there were quite a few AEW picks that may score a bit higher left at that point, I'm just saying.
1: Mm. Uh, but go on paper, like Jack's team is actually looking very well balanced. You know, he's got representatives <laughs> from everybody except the NXT roster. But do you see any potential weaknesses in Jack's rather impressive-looking
2: team? you are going up in balance again. But anyway, I, I enjoy how they're going. Hey, out hey listen, it's state. all about the balance. I like, I like balance. Ah, oh, mate, it's nonsense. But I, I, I actually. <laughs> I like Jack's top two picks. I like Lesnar around five. I'm sort of lukewarm in Markye Black. It's these women's picks that I'm sort of focusing on here because I think it's a tale for me and my prediction of two women who it was the right season to pick one and the wrong season to pick the other. Liv Morgan last year, uh, last season, season 10, had her best score ever, 26 points. It's the best she's ever done. The worst she's ever done is 14 points. So I actually think she's not a bad pick, especially in title contention. She'll be strong going forward. Naomi, I just don't see, she got a tag team win last night, but I think that's the high point of her storyline with Sonia for the, the near future. I don't actually think that she'll get into the rumble. I think she'll be taken out by Sonia. I think that'll be a big storyline development going forward. And at that, the best score Naomi has ever gotten in this draft is 13 points. She's not a traditionally high scorer. So for me, if I was going to pick a weakness in Jack's team, it would be Naomi. But if we're talking about season 12, if we're talking about next season, I'd probably change my tune on that. Uh, There
1: you go. I mean, Jack's team impressive on paper, but a potential Naomi feud that may not develop until after Royal Rumble. But, you know, Jack's a very strong competitor, and he's got a strong team. I wouldn't bet against him this time around. Now, on to the best part. The West End Country Clun, as the spreadsheet has (laughs) described it. So, Stephen Wilson, get your finger out and get that typo fixed. Uh, But we're actually the West End Country Club. This is my team, and I have the Lucha Brothers, Damian Priest. Ha, 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 ha. Zelina Vega, Carmelo Hayes, Gigi Dolan, and Sami Zayn. I mean, you've got AEW Tag Team Champions, United States Champion, WWE Women's Tag Champion, NXT North American Champion, NXT Women's Tag Champion, and the new number one contender to the Universal title. I mean,
3: Scott, what's not to like? I mean, on paper, that's a good idea, but, you know, forewarning, uh, having uh, so many champions on your team does set you up for... Potential of at least one, you no know, potential loss of a title and losing title points is the worst kind of loss you can take in a draft, especially when this you no know, short. But yeah, like, I wouldn't have seen Sami Zayn uh, during the sideshow like and us talking about him here being like the number one contender for the for Roman Reigns. So fair enough, there. I don't know how that's going to work out for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't you know, knock you on Selena Vega because I've chosen the other half of the women's title champs so if she does well then one of my picks does well so I can't mm-hmm. really criticise that and then Crimmel Hayden and Gigi Dolan both part of uh, both war games matches so you know you, you have the potential to come out of war games looking very strong Damian mm-hmm. Priest I don't know what they're really doing with him right now after the weird DQ loss at Survivor Series but you know, you think he's actually proven to be a reliable pick since he came up from, uh, from NXT. Lucha Brothers, oh, that's going to be the interesting one, you know, again, I know it's a very short season, but we've already got Title Defense coming up on Rampage, uh, and then also in January, you're going to have Battle of the, the Belts, where all the titles are coming mm-hmm. online, you know, Battle of the Belts, i.e. AEW couldn't get the rights to Clash of the Champions. Uh, <laughs> I I have a weird feeling at least one of those titles on that show is going to change hands, you know, for the first ever Battle of the Belts, they're going to to make it have a big moment, big talking point. And I'd worry if the Lutcher brothers would maybe be the ones they choose to switch those belts, but that's only a that's only a what if for now. But you know, you gotta hope that they I'm basically saying this David, you gotta hope that they all keep on to their titles because uh, if one of them loses that could really take you down a few levels and just cause you just to miss out on a on a sec on a becoming a two time winner. Cause right now you're the only one not to be a two time winner out of the four of us. I know.
1: I know. Uh, but Jack, uh, Jack, I've got an interesting question for you. Um, in this season, both sets of women's tag team champions have been split up across multiple teams. So I've got Zelina and Gigi Dolan. Daniel has JCJ and the other half of Toxic Attraction. And as Scott aforementioned, he's got Carmella, who is Zelina's partner. Do you think this could benefit all three of us individually? Or do you think it's better to have them, you know, working as, uh, as teams, essentially?
0: Um, I think it would benefit all all three of you, especially with kind of what's what's happening with the the the, the program for each one. I and mean, when you've got war games coming up and toxic attractions always appearing together, you don't really see them wrestling like kind of singles competitors much. I don't I, I don't think. And then when you're looking at the women, the the women's tag team champions uh, are and Carmella. They're fairly new, and if one's wrestling, the other one's always kind of. As the 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 manager, so to speak, the kind of on the on the at the side of the ring when the others fighting. So it's um, I think it's mutually beneficial for for everyone in that scenario. But obviously, it's uh, maybe maybe more so in your favour having half of all the women's tag champs. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No,
1: this is the this is the part I've been dreading. I'm gonna let the goat off his leash, and <laughs> you know, given the intro, I imagine he's gonna he's gonna pick my team apart here.
2: I don't think, it's not a case of picking your team apart, but like... Uh, uh. I look at your team, Dave, and I don't see it getting past the mid-table. And that's just my personal opinion. Like The Lucha Brothers, I think, we will get a defence next week. That'll be a good start to your season. But I see it slowly sort of dipping from there. I don't think you've got a lot of rumble power. Um, you would need to hope Toxic Attraction when war games. I think there is a scenario where you can score very high, but I just don't see it all coming off. And I think Zelina Vega is a very interesting one for me because our highest scoring season was 55 points in season five. And a lot of fives there, but... That was when she was a manager. I get what you're saying about her being a champion now, but she is also a cowardly heel. And the reason it's actually the reason women's tag team champions and tag team champions in general, it's sometimes safer to take them as part of a team is because when the cowardly heel suffer singles losses, you aren't punished for it, you aren't affected by it. Zelina Vega could easily eat maybe four TV defeats this season across Raw and SmackDown. Just as a cowardly heel champion would do as part of a tag team, and you would suffer for that, as opposed to getting the appearance points just for a tag team and not being affected by it. So I don't know. I'm I am very sort of um, on the fence about your team. To be honest with you, I don't think it's bad considering where you drafted from in eleventh, uh, but at the same time, it doesn't it doesn't send me you know over the moon.
1: No, no, that's fair enough. I appreciate that comment, and obviously, mm-hmm. rampage. The match is two out of three falls, so if it goes one apiece, that counts as a non-title win. But then the overall match result is a not as a title win, and the mm-hmm. Lucha Brothers are my captain, so there's potential for big points there. And Damien Priest, as for mentioned, he's a very consistent performer over time, and he did well in last season's Royal Rumble. You know, scoring, I believe, the most eliminations out of everybody. So there's who's to say he can't do a repeat performance this time around, especially with this dual personality. So I think you're. I think you may be right about, you know, the Cowardly Heel women's tag champions, but I'm very happy with my first round in tag team picks to be sort of the the main anchors of, of this team. But,
3: you can, know can what? make a comment there about, the, about Selena Vega there? Uh, like, I think I get why you would have picked her because uh, I didn't really think much of it when when Grant picked her last season. And then she came out winner of the Queen's Crown. So I don't think any of us could have foreseen that. I think she performed better last season than we thought she would. So I... And I actually personally think it's better to have them uh, separate because, if somebody who's had, who in the one season had both the NXT women's tag champs as a tag team, then transferred them out for the then women's tag team champions, I can tell you it makes fuck all difference, <laughs> uh, personally, when you have them as your tag team. Because I had Shotzi and Ember, they fucking lost the titles, switched them over to the, new, the then new champs on the main roster of uh, Tamina and Natalia, and that was the spell worthy. They spent like several weeks in a row losing to Tegan and Shotzi, and not even giving them a title shot. And Natalya to go and get herself fucking injured.
2: Mm. I know, yeah. but then at the same time, you got the the success stories, the likes of Nia and Shayna. You know what I mean? And you look at all the men's tag team picks that have came out. Like I, I get in different contexts it works, but in this context specifically with Selena Vega this season, I think that she'll prefer worse as a singles pick than she would as part of a tag team because there's no tournament this uh, season. to proper the points.
1: Uh, anyway but we have got to move on now so let's talk about Sarah team uh, pitch please so her team RK bro Brian Danielson Adam Cole baby Kaylee Ray Thunder Rosa and Tony Schiavone Jack a very AEW heavy team for Sarah but it's worked for her in the past you know working with those uh Wednesday night rosters here RK Bro especially last season were a very strong performing tag team the second best tag team overall and I believe they were ninth overall with 66 points how do you fancy
0: Sarah's chances with this season looking at her team here yeah, I think that it's a, a potential a Potential underdog story for Sarah is that you could argue the, the cards are stacked against her with having an AEW heavy team with it being the Rumble season, and that's where most folklore strategies have gone. But you've got to look, RK Bro will do amazing throughout the season. I think they just I think there was, I think it's just a great, a great tag team pick. But it's the, the, the main two are Brian, Brian Danielson and Tony Schiavone for me. I think, especially with what's happened with Brian Danielson and what's going to be going on with this. Picking the picking apart the Dark Order before he eventually wants to fight uh, Adam Page, what will probably happen at the battle of the the, the belt thing, and that's like what middle of January or something. So that, that's uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, that you could you could argue that potentially guarantees a good five six weeks of, of straight TV wins with with Rampage, not including that where he could wrestle on that too, and that's like your six points each time. So I think that will be great for your captain to start off with and. We we know how good Tony Shavoni is, how how great a pick he's proved for, like Gary in the past and others as well. I I think there's there's potential for Sarah to do well this season. And Goat, uh, she's picked
1: Brian Danielson as her team captain. Now he's gone through a bit of a heel turn recently on AEW, and he's systematically picking apart the Dark Order one by one. First victim, obviously, being Colt Cabana. Do you think having the captaincy on Brian with almost guaranteed matches with every member of the Dark Order in such a short season is gonna be is gonna result in massive
2: points for Sarah? Does the Pope shit in the woods? Does a bear say mass? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> of course I am. <laughs> (laughs) Sarah's done really, really well with that Brian Danielson pick, because see when she made it I kind of questioned it at the time before I remembered about the Dark Order stuff, Sarah's been thinking two steps ahead, but I think it's a story of playing the season in two different ways with her, she's played the season with that Brian Danielson pick, he wouldn't typically be picked that high, but she knows what's coming in TV she's looked ahead, and it's a very effective pick, but it goes back to what Jack said, she doesn't have rumble power and I agree with him, she's going to do very consistently well on TV week to week, but we've seen the season you won dave when you won with the rumble how big mm-hmm. a points gap you managed to get on that rumble night without any rumble huge. power in her team she has, she has no rumble power in our team whatsoever An rk bro appearance is the best she can hope for can Sarah build up enough of a lead before rumble night to comfortably give her this title i don't think so i think that we're going to see Sarah finish high i don't think we see Sarah win
1: okay uh, now, Scott, let's uh, let's talk about her female picks. Uh, she's got Kaylee Ray, who's recently returned to NXT and is going to be competing in War Games, and you've got Thunder Rosa uh, in the TBS Women's Tournament. Where do you think you see the points lie with Sarah's female selections?
3: Uh, well, I have to first echo a lot of what David said. I, I agree with, with, her, with him about, I don't think Sarah will win, even though she was drafted from a very she, had, she was a very, you know, strong position. You know, she had a real strong advantage being in second over a lot of other people. And I don't know how much how I don't think she's taking full advantage of that. Because like Key here for me last season was a total disappointment. Uh she's on kinda of the face team. Uh although if I had to bet money, I wouldn't I would say maybe Toxic is actually gonna come out of war games as as the winners of that match and i don't know where Keely goes after that because they seem to bring her in as a potential contender and then she got lost amongst the whole nxt 2.0 you know rebrand uh, thunder rose i don't see winning the tbs title because i think inevitably she's gonna go after brett baker and i don't know if that'll be on this season although so i think these are two strong contenders for other seasons i don't know how strong they'll perform uh, this season but you know, looking at this very AEW-heavy team, you know Tony Savone I think, will help prop her up with appearance points if she's having a particularly bad week with some of the other picks. And no, she's one of the, well, I think the only at the moment non-wrestling pick that's really been picked this season. So I think everybody else, for the most part, has went away from that strategy uh, that we've been using in previous seasons. But Brian Danielson, you know, even though there were likes of Becky Lynch and CM Punk and a bunch of other people there. Uh, I don't know if you're drafting a second if you should have put him in the first round but the captaincy for now will do her very well. If I were her, I'd switch the captaincy away from him before the Hangman match because cause it's Hangman's first defence and after this whole multiple years story to get him to the title, I don't see him losing it so quickly. So if I were her I'd move it to either Adam Cole who I think will start to do it strongly now that Ken Omega's went off TV and he's now kind of almost leading the, the elite or to RK Bro. No,
1: that's uh, that's fair enough. Uh and as you said, Tony Schiavone, like one of the only non actually I think the only non wrestling selection this season. Uh but before is we move on and to not, the next, is Heyman not in this uh Heyman Reigns is the tag team, yeah. But this is the non wrestling singles pick. The yeah. manager wrestlers a bit of a different kettle of fish here. But before we move on to our next pick, let's all say something nice about Adam Cole. No. He's got move lovely on. hair. Ah, uh, fine. Okay, He's I'll just... it right let's take it and move on we have our listeners league winner next matt smith team booty woes uh the team of aj and omos Britt baker hangman adam page mjf shayna baszler and jeff hardy now goat we know how much you like the mm. listeners league and matt did a very mm. matt had a very strong performance last season but how do you think he's going to fare you know have, given that his selection process this time has been a bit different and what do you make of his team
2: well, the thing is, like I've been bitten before by a listeners' league winner. I called JP finishing quite high last season. It didn't work out, but <laughs> I, I, I actually think he's he's done no bad here. like Shayna Baszler, I think is good for a fourth round pick. Could have a good rumble showing. Jeff Hardy's got this thing with Corbin and Madcap Moss on SmackDown alongside Drew. I mean, if you're alongside Drew, you're basically sort of guaranteed wins in that feud. You know what I mean? So I think it's quite good. But again. It goes back, like, his first three singles picks are all AEW. Got Brick Baker, who's admittedly a champion. Page who's a champion. MGF, who are going to get built up before that CM Punk feud. And do not think those are disastrous picks at all. I'm not saying that. I just don't think they're picks for this season. Like, Battle of the Belts, sure, you'll get some points. But you come to the Rumble, where does the power lie for Matt? Is Shayna Baszler enough? Is Jeff Hardy enough? I don't know. I think... I, I probably think we see Matt finish mid-table to sort of lower mid-card uh, for the draft, which I don't think is bad considering where he drafted from. Um, but his team doesn't blow me away. Mm. Uh, well, Jack, if if
1: the Matt's team doesn't blow go away, is there anything that really stands out for you? Given that you know he's picked both the AEW Men's Champion and the AEW Women's Champion.
0: Uh, no, to be honest, uh, I think it's start a good run-of-the-mill. Uh, Mid table team, obviously, we're talking about Battle of the Bells. Can't forget it's only going to be a TV special, so it's not even going to be pay per view, play it's just your TV title points so or whatever. Uh, I think AJ and Omos, will probably see a lot of almost writing singly, and I think he will be a, a hot commodity for next season, but that's. That's by the by. i say Jeff Hardy's way over the fans right now and he's doing this thing with Drew and that'll be good. And Shana Baszler's a good pick for the Rumble. MGS probably want to beat CM Punk. But when's that going to happen? We don't know. You can't tell. I just think it's a mid-table team. I don't think it's going to set the world alight but I don't think he's going to have a disaster. Hmm.
1: Now, Scott, we've seen... Uh Shayna Baszler often sort of relegated to sort of uh, the sort of lower tier of the women's division, but Jeff Hardy's been getting a lot of uh, momentum lately. You know, teaming with Drew, racking up wins and scoring big. You know, in like the Battle Royal and other places, even on the Survivor Series team. Do you think there could be a potential resurgence for Jeff Hardy, given that he's he was a fifth round pick this time around?
3: Yeah, I think for Jeff Hardy at the minute, the fifth round is the best place to pick him because well, he has this kind of had, well, like, because while he has had this, you know, resurgence recently, he is often not. He can also be used somebody to put someone else over, make someone else look good. So he can take as many losses in this season as like, he gets wins. So put him in the last round, and you no, know, it won't be as much of a disappointment if he doesn't perform as well. Shayna can see hopefully now that she's on SmackDown and leading into the Rumble season, we can see a resurgence for her. Her and MJF. You now they've been on draft-winning teams before, so they could really work in Matt's favor. MJF you know, through appearance points along with these segments with CM Punk, could really help him and, you know, you could do it worse from the position he was drafting, especially given the snake draft that he's drafted the two top, you know, singles champions in AEW right now, with Bret Baker and Adam Page. But, you know, I know I get what the other guys are saying and, you know, time will really tell with this team given you know, we've seen how like some a lot of the listeners league winners have struggled once they come up into the main league. You know, the the new way of selecting the teams you know just there like, in the moment having to you know, change your strategy on the fly sometimes can be a bit much for them so it will just see how matt adapts but on paper you know given the position that was a strong team but time will tell if it actually lives up
1: mm-hmm. well all i can say to our listeners league winner matt is uh may the odds be ever in your favor so Moving on to Alan McLucas, and I believe his team name is the Pillars of MVPs. So we have the Young Bucks, Becky Lynch, Sammy Guevara, Raquel Gonzalez, Darby Allen, and Happy Corbin. Jack, this team on paper actually doesn't look
0: too bad. Like, what's your immediate thoughts on it? Uh, To be honest, I I quite like it. Uh, Obviously, it's a bit of a sore one when you don't really know, like, we, the, we, were, we talked about in the draft night that uh, Young Bucks aren't medically clear to compete right now but you know they're going to appear anyway but it's just the amount of kind of appearances they will have obviously Becky is a great pick uh, Sammy Guevara as well He's, he'll probably defend the TNT title quite consistently on Dynamite and whatnot I think I th- I, th- I think he should be quite happy I think he'll be up there challenging the top half but I don't know if he has the the the, the the, the team power to take it all the way to a draft one. <laughs> now, Scott,
1: do you think Alan's made a bit of a misstep here given that, you know, he's got Sammy Guevara the TNT champion, it looks like he's going to be defending it quite regularly. Do you think there was a missed opportunity to put the captaincy on him given how well it did for Alan back in Season 5 when he had the captaincy on Cody as the TNT champion?
3: Not necessarily because, you know, I think the main reason he had to put the captaincy on Cody back in Season 5 is back then and um. Sure, Alan would agree. I think his drafting strategy has improved a lot since season five. Because back in season five, Cody was pretty much carrying the team for him. Uh, so putting the the on your strongest competitor at the time was the right decision. We didn't know how regularly that TNT title was going to be defended when it was established. But you know, and I know Al to, you know that he's the one that everybody hates on the podcast, but I'll be honest with you, this given the position he's he was drafting from, he's played a blinder, I think, on paper with this team. You know, even if the Bucks aren't made good for a couple of weeks, if they get back in the ring and pick up a couple of points alongside Adam Cole, then they're still gonna be on you know, a valuable team. I can see why he picked them so highly. Uh, Becky Lynch, I think is a is always a sort I said that after Biggie, she's the most valuable you know, first round pick if Roman Reigns isn't available. And so she managed well to slip by Sarah, but Alan took full advantage of that. We got Sammy Guevara, Raquel Gonzalez, who you know, she can prove she's proved her value in past seasons. You know she's in the War Games, got Darby Allen as well, one of the pillars of E.W. You know, and Baron Corbin's really the only weak point of the team, and Jack knows full well how happy Corbin can really let a side down. But I actually think the other members of his team are actually strong enough to make up for you know the mm. the, the weakness of Happy Corbin. Mm. Uh- Go,
1: Scott mentions that Happy Corbin could be the, the main link, but we have seen Raquel Gonzalez lose a bit of steam uh, over the past six months or so. Do you think um, Raquel's momentum might be slowing down after war games, or do you think she'll pick up the pace again?
2: I think Raquel Gonzalez is a very interesting proposition because we know the nature of the Women's Royal Rumble more than the men's one. It incorporates NXT talent. And if Raquel Gonzalez's journey in NXT 2.0 is coming to an end, who's to say that they don't use the Rumble as an opportunity to build up Raquel? I think that's interesting. I think... Alan has got two surefire great picks in his team in four question marks. I think Becky and Sammy are are guaranteed to get on points. I think they're going to carry the team into rumble season. Raquel has potential. Darby has potential with feuds lower down the card right now to get wins. Corbin has potential. Maybe he picks up wins over Jeff. Young Bucks, we don't know when they're coming back. For me, there's too many question marks in Alan's team to make a definitive call right now. I think it's going to sit somewhere between either being a mid-table disappointment or a surprise challenger for the title itself. I, I can't really call it, to be fair.
1: OK, well, it uh, it's looks like it'll be a bit of a mystery this time around. And he's yet to win a season, but uh, I guess we'll just have to see how it goes, given that he's been away from the draft for so long. Now, Goat, the floor is yours. Mm. Would you like to introduce Team Goat to everybody?
2: Yeah, we've got uh, Nakamura and Boogs as the tag team, Charlotte Flair, Bobby Lashley, Rhea Ripley, Yoshirai, and Orange Cassidy make up the rest of the squad. And Dave, I have to tell you, for for drafting from 9th, I'm quietly confident, I strategy here drafting so low whatever traditional point scorers i can get in my team i was going to get them nakamura and Boogs, they have this feud right now where they could pick up uh, a couple of losses here or there but in the singles action but they're going to have those appearance points every week on smackdown charlotte and bobby never really take losses all too often on tv i think Rhea is probably going to get built back up have a really good rumble showing Eo in the War Games match you know it might be a win or a loss but she'll be in TV a lot before that and the same as Raquel I call a surprise rumble appearance and performance for Eo there. Orange Cassidy I don't know how I got him in the fifth round I'll be brutally honest like that man should have went so much uh, before I managed to get him you know what I mean and he's a traditional scorer in AEW so Dave I'm actually very happy with my team this season yeah,
1: you sound quietly confident. And again, it's another strong team on paper. Now, Jack, Goat has actually managed to get Bobby Lashley as a singles competitor. And we've seen in past seasons he's been drafted as a tag team with MVP. Do you think Bobby Lashley is going to perform just as well as a singles competitor? And he's going to be a, a
0: very underappreciated draft pick for Team Goat? it's a it's a it's a, it's a very good pick, I think, Bobby Lashley here, especially this thing with the with the Mysterios. I know they they say it's dead, I don't think he'll be dead. it will probably be like the maybe the handicap match at day one pay per view or something, and then you'll probably see Lashley built as being a big threat for the Rumble. I don't think he'll win the Rumble, but he'll probably be he could be like on track to be uh, a most eliminations, you know, you get extra points for the most eliminations or the Iron Man or Iron Woman of the the Rumble event. So I think uh Bobby Lashley will be a, a great pick. I think the only one I'm, I'd, I'd put a question mark over is Io Shirai because War Games is next week. So it's what next? Next Sunday. Next Sunday. So what? What happens after that? I don't. I don't see her going into the the the, 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 the title scene straight away because it will be other folk they want to build up this 2.0 brand, I just I don't know. I think it will be a, a, a good pick for your first week, but there's that question mark of the of how well can Io Shirai perform. For the rest of the season even if there is a rumble appearance at the end is it is it enough i don't know but i do think it is a a, a good team mm-hmm. now scott rhea ripley just recently lost the women's tag
1: titles so she suffered a bit of a, a setback this past week um where do you see rhea ripley going from here and do you think she'll just be just as big a threat in the women's royal rumble given how well she did this year
3: First off, we comment on what Jack said about Io Shirai. I think there was a conversation a few weeks before this. Uh, Organs was set up between her and Io and Mandy Rose. So I do actually think they're setting up Io as a challenger to Mandy. Uh, and we could kind of put Mandy over maybe on her way out of NXT. Although I think it might benefit Dave if they hold off on that title match till after the Rumble, which means if he loses, then it doesn't cost him anything. With Rhea, you know, you could say she suffered a setback, but then a lot of people had her down as a, as a pick. For the women's rumble last year, and you know, there could be an argument that they've you no know, freed her up from that, you know, the cesspit that can be the women's tag team division to then actually maybe win the women's rumble, be a contender for Becky Lynch down the road, or at least have her be the Iron Woman or come up, you know, in the, in the final two like she was last year, and also about like, a very female heavy team here and i would expect nothing less than the first ever ASR women's champion but you know you got charlotte flair she's the cornerstone <laughs> of the <laughs> women's division right now whether she's got the title or not so i can see that yeah finally it's gonna be good to see what bobby lashley does as a singles pick for the first time in ages but david the thing i need to ask you is you're drafting from ninth and i know i think there might be another team that you wanted but didn't get but why mm. at night did you believe that Nakamun and Biggs provided more value than the lucha brothers the current aw tag team champions
2: I foresee a, a surprise title loss for the Lutcher brothers and I, it's a gut feeling and sometimes you need to go where I got feeling and, um, and that—that's—that was just how I called it. Nakamura and Boogs, as far as I know, had never been picked as a tag team. It was something I wanted to sort of throw people off as well in terms of strategy. You know, Nakamura off the table, Boogs off the table, and I did all, honestly want to preserve Bobby Lashley. So as long as I wasn't picking Lashley MVP, and tried to see Lashley float down the line, um, it played into that as well. So yeah, that was that was basically the thinking behind it. But whether it pays off or not, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm honestly baffled why you
1: chose Nakamura and Boogs over the Lucha Brothers. But well, we'll I
2: think we'll see. They might crash and burn for you, Dave. So I wouldn't be so smug yet. I will. Ah,
1: well, okay. Um, so we have a new entry in the main league. We have Tom McManus with God's greatest draft pick. Why not God's greatest draft team? Uh, uh, beggars belief. But he has Imperium, Mandy Rose, Eddie Kingston, Johnny Gargano, Jamie Hayter and bailey now jack i don't know about you but this doesn't scream like an effective team to me
0: that's a team that potentially uh screams last of the last of the the, the league i think uh i think mandy rose is a good picking that's someone that i was i was looking Towards getting at some point, but I knew where I was. I was never going to. I wasn't going to get her. Obviously, the, the the unknown entity of Bill Bailey return at, at the Rumble. We we wait and see. But I, I, Johnny Gargano could be gone by this time next week. Jamie Hayter I, I could get TV wins here. and this thing with Britt Baker seems so a dissension in the ranks. So you don't really know Eddie Kingston again. A bit because He kind of appears and goes, appears and goes. And Imperium. I, I don't really. They've not really. They, Gone the world away in the draft before so it's a it's a very uninspired team in my opinion mm. uh, Scott what do you reckon I mean you've picked
1: uh, you've picked just after Tom uh, do you think uh, Tom missed out on a lot of big opportunities to try and strengthen his team even further given that you know he foregoed Drew McIntyre a historically very strong performer in the draft for a bit of an unknown entity in the NXT Women's Champion, Mandy Rose?
3: Well, you say unknown entity, but I think right now we've got, you know, the the best version of Mandy Rose that we've ever really seen as the leader of toxic attraction as the NXT Women's Champion. And, you know, I get why, you know, you want a champion as the start of your team. Yeah, I think maybe Drew's performance last season at certain points with some big losses, maybe put some people off, including Tom, you know, I don't see anything against you know having Man Rose on the team. Imperium might be in the best position they've ever been in because you know you got Wargames coming up, and I think that's a successful defence for them. Eric Kingston's coming off that big match with a uh, with Punk, so against Dynamite and Rampage, he's going to be strong in I don't know about Jamie Hater. You know, you know, I think she was ousted from the TBS tournament, so I think she's, she'll be good for appearance points alongside Brett Baker. But as Jack said, you know. You know, Tom I think could be maybe at best the mid table because you know if Johnny Gargano does leave, like rumors are suggesting, and if Bailey doesn't come back, uh, at the rumble and even like leading up to the rumble if you're just waiting for Bailey to come back and Gargano's gone. He is operating with thirty three and a third percent of his team, you know, <laughs> basically being playing long factors here. And uh, so the people propping up his team are Mandy Rose and Imperium, which, you know, you had to wait and see with NXT two on how the the landscape you know, is going to play out how strong that will be, but I don't see that carrying them further than maybe the midpoint of the table. I and go uh, obviously,
1: Tom is a newbie, he's a rookie to this season. Do you think he's made one too many rookie mistakes, uh, particularly when you've got guys on his team that, whose contract status is up in the air or they're still out with injury?
2: This team has massive Derek and Strack vibes. Um, it, it's first season drafting mistakes, left, right, and center picking with your heart over your head. He's only really picked the uh, last pick aside from AEW and NXT, and I think that shows what what Tom's preference for his wrestling watching is. Um, but. I, I, Yeah, I I think Scott has been too kind saying he could rise up to the mid-table at best. I I think we're looking at our last place, but I'm not... Rooting against him because that Bailey pick, man, that that thinks balls. It's a it's a it's a daring pick, and I, and I do enjoy it. So I really do hope that that maybe we see Tom last place all season, but a Bailey good Rumble performance. She comes back, maybe it takes him a second bottom. I think I think Tom could consider that a win eh, for this season, considering how the rest of his team works. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, you got to you got to let these newbies make these kind of mistakes in the first season. It's the only way they're going to learn you know, how will they get better if they don't fuck up spectacularly in their first season? Uh, That's true. You know, and I think we barely, you know, nobody, very few people thought Becky Lynch was actually going to appear, you know, at season nine, and then the very last day the season shows up and wins the title. So, never say never. Mm.
1: But, uh, go, I'm going to stick with you, and we're going to move on to somebody you're very fond of. It is Gary and Team Vissera. He's gone with oh. the tag team of Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns, Sasha Banks, Finn Balor, Austin Theory, Tony Storm, and Roderick Strong. Like, I mean, where do you want to start? I mean, he's got two very strong singles picks right off the bat. And he's got quite a strong sort of undercard with his team as well. Where do you think he's
2: Gary's going to get the points this season? I, I hate to sound like a broken record, you could probably copy and paste everything I've said about Gary, uh, Gary's team for the past like like five seasons into this slot, but genuinely looking at the team, it's, it's a dark horse, isn't it? Sasha Banks, big rumble contender, big rumble favourite, you know what I mean? Coming in as the captain is good. Heyman and we have seen how effective and consistent that tag team pick is. Finn Balor looking to maybe do some strong things over in raw like i think scott touched on it in draft night like he hasn't had the biggest uh or, or best or brightest uh, comeback uh, to the main roster yet maybe he needs something austin theory was one for me that i really wanted because i see big things coming to their theory so tony storm again probably eating a loss to to charlotte Roderick strong this Joe Gacy thing, I'm finding very intriguing, and kinda of actually think Strong might lose the cruiserweight title to Gacy um, <laughs> on Sunday, which would be which would be something. But, Dave, to, to sum up, I have faith once again in Gary Kernan.
1: Well, I hope that faith isn't misplaced. But Jack, um, Austin Theory is a very interesting selection, given that you know he's been fairly quiet on NXT as part of the way, but he now is standing out on his own on Monday Night Raw. He was part of the Survivor Series team. He performed very well. He had a WWE title match against Big E as well. Do you think Austin theory is a bright future and will it help Gary uh up the up the rankings this season?
0: I think I think so, yeah, because like it, it seems that uh like this, this time round, Vincent Mann seems like he's very much behind Austin Theory. And even if he's not wrestling all week, you can you can near enough guarantee he's gonna appear at the show at one point and take a selfie with someone and that's that's a that's a point right there. He'll do it in the pay per view, no doubt day one, he'll be in the rumble match to probably try to take selfies with a few folk in that match. So I think it's a it's a it's a it's a risk, but I think he is a he Austin Theory is a risk absolutely worth taking. Mm-hmm. Now,
1: Scott, I want to ask you about the curious case of Finn Balor. He's More <laughs> often than not, he's drafted either first or second, but he's never really stood out as a big scorer for somebody being drafted that highly. Do you think history is going to repeat itself this time around, or do you think Finn Balor has the potential to score big?
3: Uh, I'm not really sure about Finn Balor. Like you said, it's weird that he's not formed as highly as you know you would expect for somebody like him. I think him and Sasha both are in to be the Iron Man the Ironman of their respective Rumbles. So guy yeah, you'll get points either way for those two. And you know, Sasha, I, I agree, is a strong contender. Her Bianca, I think, are the two strongest contenders to win the women's royal rumble. Uh Heyman and Reigns, you know, it's a no brainer, it's kinda of, we can expect that here. Uh Roderick Strong, I thought about picking him last season but didn't. And so maybe Guy will uh, take advantage of a mistake I made. Uh, Austin Theory seemed to have big plans for him, but I don't see him having the strongest run performance. I think he'll try and take a selfie with somebody and get thrown out very quickly. And then you got Tony Storm, you know, she did well for Ross at the end of last season know, oh, got some elimination in the Survivor Series mm-hmm. match, but now uh, she's going up against all you know, the unstoppable force that is Charlotte Flair, and uh, I don't know how well she's going to come out of that. Uh, and I do want to say, and I'm not trying to be biased here, okay, but. For ages, we said about Ross that he was the one of the better players not to win the draft and how he always put a good team on paper and how he t- always been tapered off. We can't really say that now because Ross has won a draft. But now, by default, that title now goes to Gary. He's now the one that always seems to taper off because he's always the one that puts together a strong team. But he can't. he's never been able to really find that winning formula that really helps him you know, take it over that next level, to take him to number one. Like Even the transfer window, he's never really been wanting to change his team up, but somehow he still isn't able way crack into the number one position, and I think if Sasha wins the Women's Rumble, that could be the thing that helps him, because as Ross Big, he just needs that one unstoppable pick to help take you over the edge. All right, but sticking with you, Scott, please tell us about
1: Team Broken Dreams.
3: <laughs> uh what team here? And I, I was happy to get fifth here because uh, I've had some bad positions the last few seasons. So you know it's the highest position I've picked in a while. Uh, I got the unique team of a uh, Sonya and Adam Pierce as my tag team. Got Drew McIntyre, joint uh, Pearson Sonya of course my captains as well. Then got Drew McIntyre, Jade Cargill, Tommaso Ciampa, Carmella, and Reg Holland. Now Pierce and Sonia what a team I thought of as the season was wrapping up, I was starting to already think ahead. I thought, I mean, they do really well individually. Imagine if you got them together because, you know, they do seem to appear together a lot. You imagine how, my, how many appearance points I could rack up just on on that alone. And I purposely didn't mention this to anybody because I wanted to see what happened, see what position I was in. I mean, if I was a few picks higher, I wouldn't have picked them. I would have maybe took the Usos or RK Broth. They were still available. The but again, I was in 5th. I thought Oh, fuck it, I to, let's see where this goes because this could either go very well or very badly and plus I wanted to see the look on David's face you uh, got Drew McIntyre, I think a favourite to win the Rumble, Jay Cargill a favourite to win the TBS Championship we got Tommaso Ciampa, he's the NXT champion, you know we'll see what happens when it comes to war games Carmella, I need another female picking, you know, she's now one half of the Women's Tag Champions, so like I said Way Selena, you no. Know, if she, if she does well then my pick does well. And then you got Rich Holland, who despite a loss recently on on SmackDown against Cesaro, I do think they see big things in him mainly because he's a you know he's a big beefy lad, so Vince likes that kind of thing in these wrestlers. So uh, I see a big thing for him, you know, some some eliminations in the men's rumble team and we Seamus is a tag team. You know, Rich Holland could be a dark horse, which is why I left him today, you know, to the last round, but you know, I, I, maybe I may not win. You know, I won the Rumble, the severity Rumble season last year. But, you know, unless Drew maybe wins the Rumble like I want him to, you know, I think I could finish potentially very highly here. Now, Jack, his first two first two picks, Sonia Deville and Adam
1: Pierce, a bit of a curveball selection here because we've never seen these two selected together as a tag team. And also, obviously, Drew McIntyre is his first singles pick. Do you think Scott has had some massive steals with his first
0: two picks. Um Drew, absolutely, absolutely. I think uh obviously Tom went for Mandy Rose. I think Scott counted his count lucky stars, much like when you picked Raquel over Drew and it benefited me. I think picking Mandy over Drew is definitely gonna benefit benefit Scott here. Uh Pierce and Sonia don't know how much how many points they'll get. Together because we kind of see them appearing at different points during the during shows and it's maybe like once we might see them together at pay per views they always seem to be at a point together and it will help but maybe maybe not as huge a point getter as a tag team but it definitely scuppered up a lot of folks plans for singles picks and I think that adds greater value than the points that they might get themselves to like influence how folk were going to draft and how the how folk might need to change their strategy I think that. That provide a greater value, maybe, of what the, the 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 total points of Pierce Zonia is going to bring.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, go. I actually have a question about Tommaso Champa because mm. obviously he's been announced for the War Games match uh, next week. But do you think there's a possibility that he could end up falling by the wayside if they decide to go with the
2: new school over the old school? Yes, but not in this season. I think that. Scott has picked one of the final seasons where I see Talasa Champa being effective in the draft. Um, we don't know who's going to come out on top in that War Games match, so that's not for me to call. Um, but I do think the Ciampa will sooner rather than later lose that title to Bron Breaker. I think it Mania weekend might be the time to do it. Um, I can't see Champa dropping the title before that. I do think that, for me, Scott has uh, has to hope that Drew is a juggernaut for him in the same way we've seen Biggie be a juggernaut for Ross last season because I think there's points in the bottom half of his team but not too many, I agree with Jack I, I, as much as I was thinking about Sonia and Pierce I realised after Scott picked them when I was thinking about it the last few days it was very much heart over in terms of I just wanted them uh, back on my team because it's, it's less frequent that they appear together on TV because they've got their individual storylines going on I think Scott's season hinges on Big Daddy Drew McIntyre. And you know what? It's not a bad person to hedge your bets on, especially in a rumble season.
1: Definitely not. And we've seen what Drew can do in a rumble season. Uh and can you imagine what it would be like with the captaincy applied as well? Like the Scott the the points for Scott could be, as you said, juggernaut level as a la Ross and Big E last season. Uh but let's move on now I mean, to I
3: mean, sorry. Sorry if I could comment on what you guys are saying. I mean I agree with what David was saying about Champa. I think a lot of people were kind of blinded by like, the changeover in, in NXT all that they they weren't really thinking about someone like Tomas Champa as highly as he maybe should have been, which is why I think, as, as a round three pick, especially being the NXT champion, I think it might be a, a strong pick for me. And yeah, maybe, like I said, I know that there's, often, there's probably a strong chance that the Sonja Pierce <laughs> tag team won't work out as well as I may want to, but at least I took a to being like non-wrestling singles picks that have got people a lot of points off the board. So, you know, I think I made an impact in the draft in that sense. And, you know, Drew's got that open challenge, so i will see what happens there. And I think, David, I've got that perfect form of balance definitely here, because I've covered all the main bases. I mean, you think about this season, I've thought about the TBS Championship on AEW, I've thought about the War Games, and I've thought about the Royal Rumble. So, uh, you know, again, I might not beat Ian for my third season win, but Again, I think I'll finish in the top half here. I mean, I do like a bit of balance and it is looking pretty balanced there. So
1: let's move on to Daniel. Team Future Endeavors, LTD or Limited, either or. Uh, The team of FTR, CM Punk, Kevin Owens, Shotzi Blackheart, JC Jane and Chris Jericho. Uh, Jack, Daniel has come close to winning the season, like winning the draft season before, uh, obviously falling short to you, of course, in your first win. But um, he's picked up CM Punk, who was a massive scorer last season, third overall. Oh no, sorry, my mistake, sixth overall with 88 points tied with Charlotte Flair. Um, do you think CM Punk can put in a repeat performance given that he's only still fairly new to the draft?
0: I don't know. I was sceptical of him last season. I'm sceptical again because I do think MGF will be the person to... Beat Punk and AEW, and when that say that happens, in the winter's coming, thing, so that. A few weeks time, and on Dynamite, and it's MGF versus Punk. That's your main event. MGF wins. Do I see Punk coming back to Dynamite next week to wrestle someone? No, I, I don't. I see him being away for a wee while because it's, it's just there's the there's that you don't you don't know what's going to happen. Punk, CM Punk can't win forever, and. The knock I d I don't think there's I don't think there's any value to having CM Punk beating MGF. There's much It's a much greater thing of having MGF beating Punk and maybe letting that continue for like a, a best of three, but you can drag that out for so long that Punk would need need return straight. I don't know, I I feel like I'm just kinda of rambling now, but I'm I'm skeptical of Punk continuing that hot streak that Grant got out of him. And when I'm I'll say it, when MGF does beat CM Punk, does he return straight away? I don't think so. Okay, now Goat. Um, he's got
1: Shotzi Blackheart, who's had a bit of a, a bit of a resurgence on SmackDown as a solo mm. competitor, and he also has uh, one third of Toxic Attraction. So not too bad singles picks all around. But is there, is there a big question mark over
2: Kevin Owens' status? Yeah, but not for the reasons you might think. And I've actually just had this thought in the last five minutes looking at Daniel's team. They're still positioning Kevin Owens in this sort of main event slot. They seem to be going with Seth Rollins maybe at day one to face Big E. I... I'm not saying he's going to win the Rumble. I'm just saying the man's an outside bet. That's all I'm saying. Because that would be some storyline, I think, um, for Kevin Owens to to win the Rumble and challenge Big E for the title at Mania. Um, That... It's a big question mark over Kevin Owens, but probably not the answer you're thinking. I think the rest of Daniel's team's fine. Again, it's just, I think he'll get points in TV every week with the exception of Jericho. I think that's the only dud pick he's really got there. I think the only thing that would carry him over the line is this hypothetical scenario where Kevin Owens somehow eking out a a surprise Rumble victory. Mm. And Scott, as
1: Goat mentioned there, Chris Jericho might be a bit of a dud pick, but he's obviously on commentary for rampage but there have been rumors he is set to tour with Fozzie again uh, and I'm pretty sure that he's meant to come over to the UK during rumble season so do you agree with Goat that Chris Jericho is probably the biggest dud pick on Daniel's team?
3: Potentially yeah I mean he is going to miss a few weeks with uh, with Fozzie and everything which but then again that's why you pick someone like him in the final round because you know the final round usually is right you know designated for another picture are taking a risk on who you're maybe not that confident in. You know, it'd be Chases Jane ahead of him and round four, who could pick up a win as part of the, the war games, you know, win half the tag team champions. Shotzi, you know, we were talking to so Hayley Sasha and her path to the Rumble, and I think if they want to build momentum for her, then unfortunately that means she's probably going to have to go through Shotzi or get a few wins against her, which wouldn't work out for Daniel very well. Owens, you know, it's all up in the air but his contract status, but, uh, I think Daniel best hope that Kevin Owens does choose to stick around otherwise. There goes a val- another valid member of his team. Punk, I think they are going to keep extend this whole the build to him via NGF. So, you know, as long as MJF's appeared in promo to get points, then I think Punk will appear as well. And then you got FTR, who again, I don't think are going to come out of uh, I think this three 3 Falls match on Rampage next week is going to be the blow-off to their Brothers, and I don't see them coming out the the winners, so I think your best hope that maybe they get a few, you know, matches across the rampage to make up for that loss in the the following weeks. Because, you uh, know, if they defend their a tag titles on tag titles on uh, a WCV they've as been deemed that those won't count. You know, non AEW WWE titles do not count. As I learned the hard way with the million dollar title, which I still argue should have been counted. but Okay.
1: I know that's a very good point. Yeah, the AAA tag titles, even though they're held by FTR, they won't be defended because they're not AEW branded titles. So could be a could be a missed opportunity for Daniel there. But I think as long as FTR, you know, stay firm, I think that's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a backbone for his team there. But last and certainly least, we have our founder Stephen Wilson, a two-time draft winner who drafted very much in the middle along with Daniel, and he has the Street Profits Bianca Belair Broad Breaker. Xavier Woods, Da Kang, Dante Martin, and Cora Jade. Now, Scott, I'll stick with you on this one. Uh, Do you think the snake draft has affected Stephen's drafting selection here, given that he was right in the middle uh, and was a little bit spot for choice? But at the same
3: time, do you think he actually got some good picks out of it? I think he did get some good picks out because I think if he's in the like, if he's in the middle part when it's coming from first downwards, then he can take advantage of some picks that may may have slipped by, like a uh, Bianca Bella, for example. But then, as it's coming back the other way, you can sneak in some other picks that may still be hanging around, like a Braun Breaker, who I, I actually had my eyes on. Uh, so I was a bit annoyed that, that Bronze Breaker uh, got taken up. Uh, Street Profits are you know regular appearing and regular appear regularly and. You know, they seem if they're always contenders for the raw tag so I can't argue against them as a tag team. Dante and Martin and Cora Jade are kind of the wild cards, you know, it seems to be teasing Dante and Martin appeared as part of maybe joining Team Taz. So, you know, let's see what happens there, but he seems to be getting a lot more T V time. Courage, she's in the war games. Don't know if that'll go in her favour. And then you got Xavier Woods, who I thought was gonna be, you know, the next contender for Roman. Uh given what's happened, lead up to Survivor that doesn't seem to be happening. So Let's see, what ha- let's see what happens with the king uh, going forward. But you know, usually when you go into the season, you got maybe a ten percent chance of winning. But you know, Stevens a Stevens a two time winner, and his odds automatically go up. And then he adds the uh, the nephew of a genetic feat to his team. I think uh, the uh, the numbers don't lie, and they may fill the disaster for the rest of the team. Steven may be in with a shout. <laughs> Aye, uh, but
1: Jack the. The question mark I have on Steven's team is Dante Martin because I believe this is his debut season in the draft. Is there a danger of Dante Martin being more featured on Dark as opposed to Rampage and Dynamite? And we all know that AW Dark isn't in the scoring process for the for the draft.
0: Um, I don't know because this 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 story with. Uh, with, with Team Taz and, and Leo Rush. It's been it's mainly centred on Rampage, hasn't it? And I think there's definitely more to it than than Dante Martin just packing his bags and, and joining Team Taz. I think there's some tomfoolery. I f- I think there's a I think it's an inside job and in taking Team Taz down from the from the inside. I can see that happening and yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't think, obviously, he might wrestle in dark and there'll be some missed points there, but I think we all see the main crux of this story on Rampage in particular, I think. And I think um, he, 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 he could do all right from it. Mm. Now, go his first two picks, the Street Profits
1: and Bianca Belair. Street Profits, obviously a very solid tag team pick. Mm. Like, Daniel almost won with them last season if he just put the captaincy on them. But Bianca Belair, again, a very consistent draft performer ever since being drafted uh, early early last year. So is she just sort of setting the world on fire here and does she have the potential to be a back-to-back Rumble winner?
2: I think she does have a lot of potential to be a back-to-back Rumble winner and I think that's by far the strongest part of Stephen's team. I think Braun Breaker will get some good TV wins in NXT. Street Profits remain a bit cold right now. I don't actually see what what's in store for the Profits, they've been a bit lost in the shuffle for for a wee bit I actually, I think the time passed for Woods Woods seems to have been taken off the boil um, and I don't think he has any immediate plans until Kofi returns and maybe they make a run for the tag belts again, so Again, I think Stephen, if he can keep himself in there until the rumble is in with a shout, because then you have Bianca coming in and possibly a Braun appearance there because they're high on him. So maybe they want to build him with a a good rumble showing as well. I don't think it's a team that's outwith the possibilities um, of winning this season, but they wouldn't be the bookies' favourite for me.
1: Okay, well that's uh, that's everybody's teams uh, broken down And just before we round off today's show I'm going to ask each of you for three names So I want you to pick uh, a favourite to win uh, A favourite to finish last And a potential dark horse for this season Given what we've discussed So Jack, I'm going to start with you Who do you think is going to win Who will be, who'll be last And who will be a dark horse
0: uh, Can I say myself to win? <laughs> yes Okay, right. I I I think that I have potential to win. I think Tom will be last. And I will go with my dark horse being Sarah.
3: Alright, Scott. Oh. Mm, see, to win is the hardest one I'm thinking of. Because the last place I think is potentially Daniel. Uh my wild card is Alan. Uh and to win I don't want to say myself because I'm not that kind of person. Uh, I'm going to say Gary is a potential winner, especially with Sasha Banks as a potential Rumble winner. There you go. All right, go. Complete the trifecta here.
2: If I can unmute myself, I will. (laughs) Uh, I'll give the win to Jack right now. I think he is the bookie's favourite going in. Tom, sorry, man. Unless Bailey comes in, we are an absolute epic rumble show, and then I think you're you're looking at the, the lights, man. You're very bottom. And if I can't see myself as a dark horse to win, if I can't be that guy, if I can't do that, even though it's a hundred percent true, um, I'll I will go for Gary. Gary would be my dark horse pick, as he is every season.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I'll throw in mine as well, just so we've got all got our selections and i'm also going to say jack is the favorite to win i mean if he didn't pick the usos in biggie i would have had doubts but he's got the two biggest singles and tag team scores right off the bat from last season i don't see why he hasn't he shouldn't be a favorite to win there last place i'm also going to say tom i think his team looks very weak on paper and i think he missed the missed the boat on a couple of big big selections and my dark horse i'm actually going to say goat I mean, looking at that team on paper, there's every potential that Charlotte Flair mm-hmm. could rack up a few more title wins. Bobby Lashley might just surprise everybody in the Rumble. And Orange Cassidy could be a strong backbone in terms of AEW.
2: I mean, we've seen how well he's done yeah. in the past. Never disagreed with you once, Dave. Uh, you are <laughs> a beacon of draft knowledge.
3: <laughs> and I, I support this decision. Yeah. Jack, so Jack. Don't take me being the only one at the forward not to say that you would win as... Any sign that I'm rooting against you. In fact, out of everybody on this podcast, you're one of a handful. I do not actively root against <laughs> <I think laughs> personal. Oh,
0: well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. You know uh, what? If I don't win, Scott, I hope you win. Uh,
2: so do I. Why don't you go and suck each other off then? Dave <laughs> And
1: on that note, it's time to wrap up today's rather Detailed show on everybody's team. So if you want to listen to more Saturday Draft Live, uh, be sure to subscribe uh, to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, and all good other podcasting sites. Be sure to follow us on our socials, at Suplex Retweet on Twitter. We've got Facebook as well, our community page, the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet community. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel with so much great video content, including the Book It tournament, Quiz Showdown, The Conspiracy Theory, and many other podcasts. Great shows. Uh, but from the Saturday Draft Live team, uh, myself, Scott McLeod, Jack Graham. Yep, bye, bye. And the goat, David Campbell. That is me. This has been the kickoff show for season 11. And let's begin a new season. It starts now.
2: There now follows an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown X7.
3: Hi, I'm Scott McLeod and I am hosting Quiz Showdown X7 Christmas Ain't Easy. There will be rounds on wrestling on Christmas and last will be had by all. It will be a good time. You should watch it. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown X7.